0: Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three.
0: I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobenko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 5, Sight Unseen. It originally aired on November 2nd, 2000 and had 5.72 million viewers.
1: You want me to start with the first scene?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a good one. Let's get right into it.
1: All right. So we start off in P3 and it's nighttime. And Phoebe is at the bar, and she asks Abby, who's the bartender, to give this guy Sean another drink. And then Piper walks over and asks if Prue's called yet. Apparently, her and Sean had a date, and she didn't show up. So they start talking about how Prue has been obsessed with demons ever since they got back from the past, and then about how Piper's afraid her and Leo are being watched because the last two times they orbed him out, was right in the middle of them kind of doing it and he swears they're not watching but he's a guy he'll say anything it's what Piper says she says it just makes her overthink and she can't concentrate and Phoebe's like well at least you have the option to concentrate if Cole and I continue this flirting tango thing I'm gonna have to start concentrating on myself And then Piper calls Prue and she's in her car heading home from work. And she said that she found out information about Micah in the village that they visited on the internet. And she says, I figured it might give us a clue about the demon that the triad sent to kill us. And then Piper reminds her of her date and she's like, well, I need to go home and look up all the demon stuff. So just tell him I got hung up at work. And then Piper hangs up and she goes over to tell Sean and he says that he understands and to have Prue call him. Then she goes back to Phoebe and they talk about how Prue is totally obsessed at this point. So we had the last, I mean, we ended the last episode with Prue kind of being totally interested in finding Mr. Wright And hanging out with Micah. And then we kind of never really got a conclusion from that. So for it to kind of hop right to... This is a little weird for me, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, like we literally had her meeting that guy at the end of last episode, and now it's just like, yeah, Prue is apparently dating this guy, Sean, but not showing up for their dates because she's too obsessed with demons. And I guess, you know, it makes sense because Prue has been very demon focused this season. But it just feels like such a weird jumping off point from where we left last episode at.
1: Exactly. I think that's the only thing. I wish there was a little more of a transition to that. But it does make sense. I mean, she's obviously concerned about whoever this triad demon is. I mean, them going back and trying to wipe out their whole line is, you know, pretty big. So. Probably pretty worrisome for her, and she wants to just take care of herself and the sisters, but yeah, it did feel like a little of a leap there.
0: Yeah, totally agree. How about, you know, kind of the Piper, Leo, Phoebe Cole stuff going on here? What are our thoughts on that?
1: Not too much information. I definitely understand Piper's fear, and honestly, I feel like if I was in that position, whether or not he was being orbed out in the middle of it, I'd be scared that they're watching. Just because, I mean, they looked and took him away and everything. And it was like, you know, they knew they were going to be keeping a close eye and that they're kind of on parole, basically. So I would always feel like I'm being watched if I was them, you know, I'd be just as freaked out.
0: yeah no definitely I totally I get it I get her like fears that's like that would be such a weird thing for me too so I totally get it and then as, I don't know everything as, in yeah. this episode where they're talking about concentrating I'm just like this is just such a weird thing and it like comes up over and over again in their episode they're like I really need to concentrate and I'm like yeah. oh my god what that's, kind that's of sex the are you th- having <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the theme for this episode
0: like is it AP calculus? I'm confused. What are you concentrating? I know, like, on? It doesn't need to be doesn't
1: need to be that serious, I think. So I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, the the kind of funny line from Phoebe, like, oh, I'm gonna have to start concentrating on myself because like it's going nowhere with Cole. That was funny. I like that line. Yeah,
1: that was funny. And I love I can't wait to see how that continues on because you know, obviously, we know the truth about Cole, and they still don't. So Phoebe is clearly starting to feel something for him, getting excited, still wishing that something will happen between them. And Cole is kind of being standoffish, which makes me wonder if he really is um committed to this dark side or if he has started to feel a little bit of compassion,
0: like we had been talking about, yeah. I'm definitely still wondering that, too. So then we cut to the manor, and we see Prue walk in, and all the lights are off, and she sees that the mirrors are broken all over, and she's, like, stepping on some glass, and then she gets to the conservatory, and someone approaches and attacks her, so she uses her power to throw them out the glass doors, and that's what we get from that scene.
1: Yeah, so, obviously, something's going on. Someone... Or something has broken into their house and starts attacking Prue. Yes. So then we go to the theme song. And after that, we are back in the manor in the living room. And it's a little later. And Prue is sitting on the couch and all the lights are on. Then Piper brings her an ice pack and Phoebe asks if she's feeling any better. And she's like, yeah, I think I was more stunned than hurt. It just happened so fast. And Piper says, it's eerie knowing someone went through every room breaking mirrors, touching who knows what. And Phoebe says, fondling who knows what. And then Prue asks how they know it wasn't a demon. And Phoebe says, well, demons don't usually fondle. And Piper says, besides, the only demon we know who used mirrors was Callie, and we vanquished her sorry ass. And Prue says, yeah, by smashing her reflection in a mirror. I mean, I know that she's supposed to be dead, but so were the Grimlocks. That's when Daryl comes down from upstairs and he says he found some fingerprints and will run them through the computer to see if there's a match. Pru is completely convinced that it's a demon where Phoebe and Piper aren't completely sure. And then Daryl wants them to put together a grudge list of any enemies that they have past or present. And then Pru hands him a paper with a list of demons and warlocks that they fought. And Daryl's like, uh, that's not exactly what I meant. And then Prue says that she's going to go look in the Book of Shadows for anything about mirrors, and she goes up there. Then Phoebe tells Daryl that Prue's been a little fixated lately, and Piper asks if he thinks it was a human that did this. Daryl says, in any other house, yeah. Around here,
0: you never know. And
1: then Prue calls for her sisters upstairs.
0: So, I think this scene really works so far as kind of establishing the ideas that were coming up in the previous scenes, which is just how fixated on demons Prue is. I mean, I also do understand the idea that, like, of course, she's thinking, like, it has to be a demon because why would a human break into their house? But she is very dismissive of the idea at all, even though, like, her sisters are saying, like, there's nothing that gives kind of like evidence of a demon
1: right exactly so I definitely understand where she's coming from like you said but I also see where the other sisters are coming from and we're kind of still out of the loop on we're out of the loop on this one whether it's a demon or a human so can't wait to find that out but I think it's kind of hilarious the the way she handed Daryl that paper of um the demons they fought like that's what the hell was he supposed to do with that no literally
0: because it's like why are you giving that list to daryl i
1: know like what do you expect him to do he's like what the hell is this oh my god it's so funny but whatever i guess she's just trying to get her point across that she's certain it's a demon
0: yeah, exactly. And I also, I mean, she made a good point when she's like, yeah, Callie's supposed to be dead, but, like, so were the Grimlocks because they don't know about the whole Halloween thing and them, like, knowing how to channel their powers to come back or whatever.
1: Exactly. That's, that's valid. I think that's a fair point and definitely logical. So, like I said, you know, we don't know one way or the other.
0: Mm-hmm. So then we're up in the attic and... Phoebe, Piper, and Daryl all come running in, and Prue tells them that the door was unlocked, but she's been locking it since they first saw the demon trying to steal the Book of Shadows a couple weeks ago. And Daryl's like, you lock this door, but you don't lock the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so valid. And I feel like we've pointed that out before, so I like that the show actually like made it canon that they do not lock their front door. Agreed. So then Piper says that she locks the door and Phoebe says, me too, mostly. And Prue says, I don't, why bother? (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. I know. And then Daryl says, because you're three young women. In fact, your whole attitude about security baffles me. You have no alarm system, no deadbolts, no dog. And Prue says, Daryl, we're three witches. I think we can handle it. And he sighs and then looks at the door and says that it doesn't look like it was jimmied. And Phoebe thinks that they should consider the fact that it could be a human, but Prue is convinced that the triad had something to do with it. Piper asks Daryl to go check on the fingerprints. Well, they have like a little sister conference, so he goes. And Prue calls for Leo. And Piper's like, uh, Prue, maybe a little perspective here for a second. And then Prue calls Leo's name again, and he... He orbs in, and she's like, I need to know everything you know about the triad. And Leo and Piper are being, like, all smiley with each other and not paying attention to Prue at all. And Prue's like, okay, well, this really can't wait. You know, the triad sent somebody back in time and nearly wiped out our entire line, and I'm willing to bet it's the same demon that we found up here a couple of weeks ago. Now, if you guys don't want to take that seriously, that's your business. Me, I'm on a mission and she leaves the room, and Phoebe's like, we really need to get her laid, huh? And Piper and Leo start being all smiley and saying hi again, and Phoebe leaves them to be alone because obviously they're trying to get laid.
1: I love the energy when um, Leo comes in. It is so cute how flirty they get, (laughs) and like distracted. They're like little kids, you
0: know? I know, I'm like, oh my god, did they just start dating? Because that's how they're (laughs) acting, like, it's very cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Also,
1: if- I don't know why they didn't look in the book to try to find out who the demon was that was in the attic. Like,
0: anybody else thinking that? Yes, because when they, like, find it out, there's literally a picture- And I'm like, if you had just looked, you would have seen that it was that demon. Exactly. And they tend to have
1: pictures and information like that. And usually their first move is like, oh, saw a demon. Better go check the Book of Shadows. Like, why
0: didn't they even try with this one? That's a little weird. I know. I know. Like, I was going to save that for later in the episode, but literally it's so true. Like, it's just like, there's literally a fucking picture of him. You could have just looked.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but um, whatever. Gru is obviously very bent out of shape about this, and I mean, understandably so. She's fearful and, you know, angry and determined, so I mean, I guess it's a good thing at the end of the day, but she also needs to be a little bit more reasonable in understanding that it could be a human as well.
0: Yeah. And that kind of brings me back to kind of what, like, Daryl is saying about their thoughts on personal safety. Like, not even the fact that they're women, because, like, I don't think just women should lock their doors. Like, who's just leaving their doors unlocked? Yeah, I know. That's... I, I would never. Like, I literally get paranoid that I leave things unlocked. I'm like, did I leave my car unlocked? Did I leave my door unlocked? Like, all the time, that's, like, going through my head, so I don't know how people could just be like, yeah, it's, it's open, come on in. Yeah, me too. I always
1: lock everything because it's too scary for me. I mean, unless maybe I was in an apartment building and, like, in a hall on, like, a safe floor where you have, like, a key fob to even get up the stairs, like... <laughs> Then maybe I'd accidentally leave it unlocked sometimes, but no, I don't know. I, I can't, I always lock my door. I get so paranoid.
0: No, literally, like me, I mean, I'll, you know, bleep out his name again, but like me and sometimes like at his apartment building, like we'll realize that we left the door unlocked and then like we did that like twice and now like every night when we're going to bed, it's like, did you lock the door? <laughs> like we yeah. have to check or we can't go
1: to sleep. It's it's always like that for me, too. And, I mean, Travis is kind of like them, where he doesn't lock his door. His car is always unlocked. His basement door is always unlocked, which is, like, where his bedroom and everything is. Like, it's so... And I'm like, really? You can't lie. He's like, oh, that door doesn't lock. I'm like, great. I feel safer by the second. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how people just have no concerns about it.
0: I know. Like, as much as I didn't like, you know, Daryl's your three young women comment, um, I do agree with him. They should have some type of security or at the very least lock their door. I'm, I mean, oh. I think he meant like
1: three young women as in that is a fact and they're more likely to get attacked than three young men would be. That's true. That's
0: true. You I will accept that. That's that's actually very factual. I agree. Yeah.
1: But anyways, continue.
0: Oh, also, okay, so my least favorite line on the of the scene when Phoebe's like, oh, we really need to get her laid, huh? It's my least favorite thing when, like, women are, like, upset about something and people are like, oh, it's because they're not having sex. That's why they're a bitch. Like, shut the fuck up. I hate that so much. Yeah, that's not it.
1: <laughs> like, trust. <laughs> not everybody gives a shit about that.
0: No, literally. And it's just like, what? Like- That that's magically gonna make you like calm, shut up, happy again.
1: Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. But (laughs) so now we are in like the triads, little layer thing, and the triads standing around the white circle, and Cole arrives in flames, and they say, "We grow impatient, Belthazar. We did not expect it to take this long." And Cole says, you had two years by their time without success. I've had a month. The young one, Phoebe, is almost within my grasp. And then they tell him that they're assigning someone else. And he says, we had a bargain. I get the charmed ones for you and you give me back my, and they cut him off and say, the bargain is in your best interest, not ours. And then another tells him that the guy isn't replacing him, but assisting him. And he asks who they're sending, and they say that Troxa
0: has already started, and Cole looks very upset. Yes. So a lot of interesting stuff going on here. So we see that, one, they're hiring someone else to kind of work alongside Cole or replace him. We're not really sure. Mm -hmm. And I guess now we're questioning, is Prue right? Was this demon, Troxa, that we just heard of the person who she saw in the manor?
1: Exactly. So now we've got all these different questions, and I wonder what this bargain is that they're talking about.
0: Because now we know that Cole has a purpose, right? He's not just some demon who's been hired. He wants something from the triad, and that's why he took on this job. I'm really excited to find out what it is.
1: Me too. I I can't wait. It makes me very curious. And I mean, I, I, I definitely fair enough that they've been working for two years and haven't gotten anything and he's only been working for a month but obviously there's kind of some tension starting to grow between him and the triad you know some issues yeah. they're getting impatient and he's kind of upset about this as well so wonder what's gonna happen
0: yeah and also you know the fact that he's bringing up Phoebe and that it's clear that like Phoebe's the one he's like kind of using to get in there uh-huh. Um is interesting and I'm really interested to see like how we'll see that play out in any interactions the two of them might have in this episode exactly so then we're back at the manor and we see this like good looking guy in dark clothes walk up to the door and become invisible and then open the door Then we cut to Piper's bedroom where Piper and Leo walk in together and they're like making out and close the door behind them. And Piper's saying they can't and he's saying they can. And Piper says, I can't, I feel like I'm being watched. And he's saying that she has to get past this and starts kissing her again. And she's like, okay, how about you tell them to look the other way? And he says, they're not looking. How many times do we have to have this conversation? And then we see their, like, doors open and Troxa is spying on them while invisible. And she says, well, how do you know? How can you be sure? And he says, I told you that's not what they do. She says, then how do you explain the last two times? He says, sheer coincidence. I'm telling you. Come on, Piper. We need to get past this. She says, yeah, and I needed to just be you and me, not the whole universe watching. Then, like, Troxa leaves the area, and she apologizes, and he says it's okay that he's gonna go try to find some answers for Prue. They start to kiss again, and he orbs out, and she's like, ugh, and, like, lays back on the bed. So I definitely understand Piper's perspective. I'd
1: probably be feeling the same way. I mean, maybe I'd still do it at, like... Anyways, because it's not like I need to concentrate, like. <laughs> but um,
0: no, I would be just as fearful of them watching. Yeah, but- and I don't really like Leo in this scene. If I'm being honest, like I feel like he, like she's saying that she's uncomfortable, and he's just like not accepting that. Yeah. Which, like, I get it's like a frustrating situation because like you don't think they're watching, but like give Piper some time, like exactly
1: i i yeah i didn't like that too much either it felt a little like pushy like i mean even though she does want to but if she's not comfortable then you can't make her do that you know
0: yeah exactly and you know like him just saying like oh we need to get past this we need to get past this a bunch of times like clearly that's not comforting her like if you actually want to make this happen Maybe do more to try to make her feel comfortable instead of just being like, "We need to move past this issue, yeah, and like exactly. invalidating her feelings in a way, pretty much, yeah, so yeah, do better, Leo.
1: <laughs> and then the whole trucks of it all, he's just kind of obviously sneaking around the house, you know, keeping an eye out on everybody,
0: yeah. Not too interested in Piper and Leo's drama. He left pretty quickly,
1: yeah, he, he didn't care very much.
0: He said, ah, there's going to
1: be no show, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: wanted to watch too, just like them.
1: <laughs> just like them. Oh my god. That is so funny. So up in the attic, Rue is asleep on, the, on a chair with the Book of Shadows open in front of her and a notebook on her lap. And Troxa approaches and moves the notebook, then grabs a pillow and starts moving it towards her face. But then... Prue wakes up right as he's like about to go to smother her, and he she like moves it away and she stands up looking around like all over trying to see who's there. And then the bell rings
0: so very scary moment for Prue. I mean, you just wake up and there's a pillow over your face.
1: I know, seriously, just poor girl is getting attacked throughout this whole episode.
0: Yes. And I'll have more to say about this later when we see her sister's reactions to this. But um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So then we go to the entryway, and Phoebe answers the door, and it's Cole. And she asks what he's doing there. And he's like, Are you all right? I just heard. And she's like, Heard what? And then Piper and Prue both come down the stairs, and he's like, About what happened, the break in. Are you guys okay? And Phoebe smiles. She's like, you came all the way over here for me. I mean, for we, uh, for us. <laughs> and he asks if Prue got a look at who it was. And she says no. He says that he's going to make a call, get a patrol car to watch the place. Prue says they can handle it. And he says, no, you can't. I mean, you have no idea what kind of evil you're dealing with here. And Piper says, yeah, well, we were actually just discussing that, weren't we, Prue? And then Cole sees the door open behind him. Troxa is leaving, still invisible. And Phoebe asks Cole if he wants coffee or anything, but Prue says that's not a good idea. The sisters have something important to discuss. And he takes that hint and says, That's all right. I really should get going anyway. It's late. I um, call me anytime. And Phoebe walks him out and he leaves. And then Phoebe's like, Okay, this better be good. And Prue says, yeah, well, I was up in the attic, and when I woke up, there was a pillow hovering above my face about to smother me. And Phoebe says, well, that must be the infamous pillow-smothering demon. And Piper says, or maybe it was just a nightmare. And Prue says, it wasn't a nightmare, and it certainly wasn't a joke. There is a demon after me, or us. I know it. And she goes back upstairs. So the coal of
1: it all, Phoebe is probably so smitten by him. And um, I think that it's adorable, him kind of coming to check on them, even though it was obviously him trying to check on Troxa and find out where he's at. But aside from that, the whole Piper and Phoebe kind of rejecting her completely, telling her that she's basically making up that she just almost
0: died is a little weird to me. <laughs> No, it's literally bringing me back to like dream sorcerer when they're just like, "Prue, you're not getting enough sleep. Like, what the fuck? I Believe know, like haven't, sister.
1: Have't you guys been through enough where like <laughs> you realize that maybe anything is possible. like you guys didn't even consider an an invisible being, like, you know what I mean,
0: yeah. And, like, I'm totally with Prue when she's, like, it wasn't a nightmare and it definitely wasn't a joke. Like, it's not nice that Phoebe was doing that at all. No, not at all. And, like, her being so mad about, like, Prue telling Cole to leave, like, would you rather she just talk about this in front of him?
1: I know. Like, what exactly do you expect to happen?
0: But, you know, from Phoebe's perspective, it's definitely super sweet that Cole came to check on them. So I totally get that part of the scene. But Phoebe in the second half of the scene... Do better Phoebe.
1: Agreed. So now outside the manor Cole is on the porch and he's like come out come out wherever you are and then he is pushed against a, a, a pillar and starts getting strangled and then Troxa appears visible again and he's like what do you think the triad will say when I tell him you saved the witches and Cole says that I didn't want you to get to them first. And then Traxa lets go of his neck and says, you had your chances, Balthazar. Don't screw mine up again. I strike tomorrow night and you better not be there. Cole says, you don't scare me, Traxa. You never did. Trax says, you, and you don't know how to defeat me, Balthazar. You never could. After all, and then he turns invisible, you can't fight what you can't see. And then Cole starts looking around and he gets pushed into the wall and choked again. And then Choksa lets him go. And he starts coughing and teleports away just as Phoebe goes to open the door and see nobody there. So, so I, I kind of like this scene. Like, I, it's not giving us a clear idea still on Balthazar's level, like in the hierarchy. You know what I mean? Like, I think we were kind of getting the vibe that he was higher up. And then now it seems like, oh, there's other demons that aren't scared of him that are still trying to fight him and that maybe he's not as strong as we thought you know
0: yeah I mean when we think about it both of these demons are kind of it seems to me at least that they're kind of directly below the triad so they're both pretty powerful which is why they're being used to try to fight the charmed ones right But there is this kind of idea that they're either, like, even or, like, Troxa might be slightly more powerful. But I like the way that Cole completely doesn't back down, even though Troxa seems to have the upper hand in this scene. That tells me something about him as kind of, like, a demon and a person. Yeah. I'm also interested in his motivations here. Like, is he really trying to save face with the triad by not letting Troxa win, or does he care about Phoebe?
1: That's exactly what I was wondering too. That's where my mind met went. You know, we don't know whether he seriously just doesn't want anybody else to get the win or if he really just cares for Phoebe
0: right now. Because I think we can both agree, like he's had chances and we're not seeing him jump at the chances to kill them.
1: Yeah, he's definitely had an opportunity to
0: at least get rid of one of them, you know?
1: hmm So I'm not sure exactly what he's waiting for.
0: Yeah. And I'm interested just to see, like, the power struggle between these two continue in the episode. I think that's a really interesting dynamic, and I'm excited by it.
1: Yeah, me too. I definitely
0: agree. So then we're in the kitchen, and it's the next morning, and Piper and Phoebe are both having coffee and talking about how neither of them slept. Phoebe thinks that they should consider getting a security system, and then Prue walks in and asks if Phoebe borrowed Graham's necklace from her, and she says she didn't. Prue says it's missing, and so is her, like, good luck blouse. And Piper asks if anything else is missing, and Prue says that she doesn't think so. Then Phoebe tells her that this is important, that maybe the guy that broke into the house took them. And she says, yeah, or maybe it was a demon who took them for some weird ritualistic ceremony. And Phoebe says, now, would that be the pillow smothering demon or the lock picking demon? And that's when Leo orbs in and says, they called me away on something else. I swear, Piper, it was a total coincidence. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. He's like, as far as the triad's concerned, they don't know much. They don't even know what it really is. And Prue says, wow, 6,000 years of conflict and that's it? These guys are serious under And I totally agree with Prue. I know, and like, then... what is the... <laughs> yeah, like, how do they not know? <laughs> Nothing the about them. I feel like they're just keeping secrets, honestly. I feel like they know. Yeah, probably. And then Prue's, let, uh, or Leo's like, what they do know though, is that the triad is at the highest level of the other side. And Prue says, that's why we need to get to them before they get to us. And she hands her sisters both bags and tells them that it's a way they can always be prepared. And Phoebe's like, these are very big contraceptives, Prue. And Prue says that they're sneakers, and that they're always wearing inappropriate footwear when demons attack, and that they should have their sneakers with them at all times. And Phoebe smiles and says, I'm going to be so fast in these, and then the doorbell rings. So Phoebe is very funny in this scene, but again, inappropriately funny. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was also just about to say, I I mean, the whole, is it the pillow smothering demon or, you know, the lockpicking demon? Kind of funny, but also still, fuck you, Phoebe, like, (laughs) yeah, it happened, you know what I mean? Like, as
0: a viewer, I'm enjoying her, but, like, your sister's, like, very upset, you guys just had your house broken into, she was attacked last night, and you're just, like, making jokes and jokes and jokes. I know, you'd think there'd
1: be a little more uh, enthusiasm or fear kind of concern there, but- I guess we've kind of noticed that where sometimes they tend to make jokes
0: to make light of the situations. Also I love how she's like a little kid with the sneakers like I'm gonna be so fast in these. I know I thought that was so cute. (laughs) But also I mean Uh like Cruz things missing that's an interesting development. I wonder where that is going storyline wise.
1: Right and that definitely helps more so with the human aspect of things almost sounds like somebody could have some uh like stalker vibes going on you know
0: taking yeah. their things
1: breaking into their house but to be fair cruz theory on maybe a demon taking her things for some sort of ritualistic thing also kind of tracks you know like that could be the case as well
0: yeah because maybe you know how in a couple episodes ago, we had them scrying with the owl feather. Maybe it's someone, like, getting Prue's belongings to be able to, like, find her at all times. Like, it could always be something like that, too. Right, exactly. Like, we we never
1: know, we still don't know what people are capable, what de- these demons are capable of and kind of why they even do what they do, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. We will see. But yeah, no, I think that All throughout this episode so far, I'm believing Prue, and I think that the show is setting us up to believe Prue that it is a demon, even though, like, we are getting this backlash from the sisters and Daryl.
1: Exactly. So now we are in the entryway, and the sisters and Leo go up to the door, and it's Daryl. He says that all the mirrors had the same set of fingerprints, but the perp had no criminal record, so they didn't come up in the database. And then Phoebe tells him about Prove's missing stuff. And he says, funny, that's the only thing that he took. You know, it could be a stalker. I need you to get a human grudge list together. Old classmates, people you work for or with, old boyfriends. And Phoebe asks about Sean and Prove's like a guy I stood up once. I don't think so. And Daryl says the smallest things can set these guys off. And Prue says, all right, well, if it's a stalker, it's a demonic stalker. And Daryl says that he's going to go check out Sean anyway, and that he wants their lists ASAP. And then he says, stalkers will do anything to obtain the object of their desire. You could be in real danger, Prue. And then he goes. And Phoebe says, you need to listen to him, Prue. And she's like, why? No one listens to me. I gotta go. If a demon doesn't kill me, my editor will. And she leaves. Which, fair enough, Prue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as much as, like, I want Prue to take it seriously that she could be in danger, like, her attitude makes total sense to me. Like, I get where she's coming from. The last few episodes, I really find myself relating to Prue a lot, and I totally get her vibes here. Like, I'm on the same wavelength as Prue.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, well, fuck you guys. You're just sitting here making fun of me, shitting on me. I obviously don't feel the same way as you guys, so then why should I care, you know? Although, also, I agree that she should be taking it into consideration.
0: Yeah, I think Daryl's making a lot of good points here, and even if he ends up being wrong and it is a demon, what is harmed by Daryl looking into human suspects for them and ruling that out? Right, there's nothing wrong with that. He's just trying to help them out, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, this makes me want to, like, think of, like, who has grudges against me, you know what I mean? Like, if I had to make a list like this, I'm trying to think of, like, people who would be on it, and I think that's just, like, such a weird concept, because, like, there are so many people who, like, aren't in my life, and sometimes I just convince myself that people hate me, even though they probably don't, so I feel like mine would be low-key long.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't even know who to put down, honestly. I wouldn't. I'd have no clue. <laughs>
0: Like, you know, the old, like, boyfriends part. Okay, that's easy. Like, you know, people I dated, whatever. But, like, when it's, like, people I work with are old classmates who might have a grudge against me. Like, I feel like that's so hard to come up with.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not easy to to figure out, I think.
0: And poor Sean getting the possible blame here. Or is it him? Yeah, or is it Sean? You never know. He seemed nice at the bar, but like Daryl said, the littlest things could set these guys off. Yeah, we
1: don't, we don't know Sean well enough at all. He's no Micah. <laughs> <laughs> so, not sure. Also, the fact that they found fingerprints seems a little more human
0: to me, you know? Yeah, I feel like when we've seen fingerprints related to, like, supernatural creatures, there's been something supernatural to them. Like, when we had the Jackson Ward episode and they had, like, the ectoplasmic, the ectoplasmic. fingerprint prints. Exactly. So I'm
1: not sure. I guess we never really have had a discussion on whether or not demons have fingerprints. So yeah, I'm not even completely sure about that, but it does still seem a little more human, you know?
0: Yeah, because I wonder, like, do demons or warlocks have human fingerprints or, like, would there be something different? I have no idea. Right. I, I was wondering the same thing,
1: thinking about that.
0: Because like, you know, Troxa becomes invisible, but maybe he still leaves fingerprints, even though he's not seen. Exactly. That could be the case. So then we're at like the courthouse and Troxa comes out of the elevator and he's like invisible. So we're in like this POV type of shot and he walks over to Cole's office and Cole is looking out the window and Troxa picks up a letter opener and starts to move towards him. But as he's doing this, Cole turns around and sprays him with a fire extinguisher, and we he becomes like partially visible. And then Cole hits him with the fire extinguisher and he comes like full visible. And Cole says, "I did some research, Troxa. I found your Achilles heel. Cold is very revealing for you. All the worse since you can't feel. You don't even know when it's cold. And he starts laughing and Troxa's like super mad and he's like, first them. Then you. And Cole nods and Troxa turns invisible again and then leaves.
1: I like this little like demonic warfare we got going on. Even though they're supposed to be technically working together and assisting each other, I think it's kind of cool this dynamic of them trying to fight each other along the way.
0: Yeah, and I think it shows that thing that we've talked about over and over again, that, like, evil is all about ego. So I think that's why it would be so difficult for two evil beings to work together. Yeah. If they're not, like, a team, like we saw with, like, the Four Horsemen or something. Like, if they don't have to rely on each other, they won't. Exactly. And also, I mean, this just shows, like, that Cole's really smart, right? I mean, he's doing his research and then using what he finds out to his advantage. Though, if they've had issues in the past, I don't know why he didn't find this out previously, but plot sake.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised they don't know. <laughs> but uh, he's definitely, you know, got some information there. Now he knows to keep it cold or something, and that'll bring him back to being visible again, so... <laughs> valid so now we are at the photo shoot that prue's doing and she is on a set with a tv wildlife guy and she's like taking his picture and he's talking about a snake that attacks as a defense mechanism and he goes over to the cage that's used for trapping snakes and behind some trees in the distance we see somebody taking pictures of prue who's taking pictures hidden and like wearing a hoodie. And then Prue seems to be really interested in this cage and the idea of trapping someone.
0: Yes. So, I mean, two things here. It's setting up the idea of the trap, which is going to come up in a few scenes with Prue thinking of something like that to catch their demon. And also, now we know for sure that someone is watching Prue and taking photos of her. Right. So that, again, makes it seem a little more human. Exactly, because if it was Troxa, he would just be there invisible, right? We wouldn't, he wouldn't need to be there hidden and taking photos.
1: Right. And in a hoodie and sunglasses, it just doesn't seem very demonic to me.
0: Yeah. Total
1: agreement. So it almost seems like we got
0: two people coming after them right now. Yeah. So then we're at P3 and it's nighttime. And Phoebe walks up to Abby at the bar and asks if she's seen Cole. And Abby's kind of like, who the fuck is that? And (laughs) Phoebe like starts describing him as like attractive and stuff. And Abby's just like, what? And then she's (laughs) like, "Never mind. Easier question. Where's Piper? And Abby tells her that Piper's in the office. So Phoebe goes. Then in the office, we see that Piper and Leo are making out and his shirt is off. And Phoebe opens the door and then like realizes what's happening and like turns away and is like, I should have knocked, I'm sorry, and like starts to leave. And Piper's like, it's okay, I can't do it anyway. And then Phoebe like opens the door and like is looking straight ahead, not at them, and is like, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then Leo says that he should go and starts putting his shirt back on and then orbs out. And Piper says, I'm so tired of living under this scrutiny. And they start walking out of the office together.
1: So I love this moment. Uh, Phoebe's reaction to coming in there cracks me up. This is just a comedy scene, kind of, I think.
0: Yes, and also for once in this show, like, an appropriate reaction to, like, walking in on something with, like, your sister and their boyfriend. Yeah, because we never really got that before. Yeah, usually they just kind of, like, stay and hang out. At least she was, like, uncomfortable and was like, I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, like, I'll go, sorry. <laughs>
0: That is kind of hilarious.
1: Like, we never we never get to see a valid reaction to things like that.
0: I know. Also, like, Phoebe's outfit in this scene, obsessed. She looked so cute.
1: Adorable. Always. So now outside in, like, the main club area slash the bar, Phoebe is like, I told you I didn't see anything, and she's like, not you, them. And she's like, I know. And then Piper says, I thought doing it somewhere else would take the pressure off. And Phoebe says, I'm bummed for you, Piper. I really am. But I got to tell you, Leo is looking fine. And she's like, I thought you said you didn't see anything. And Phoebe says, well, nothing good. And then she pulls her stalker list out of her purse and hands it to Piper and says that it's mostly guys that I knew when I was in New York. And Piper says, wow, you were busy in New York. And Phoebe says that they're just missing Prue's list now and just as she walks in looking hot as hell like she looks gorgeous and they're like wow Prue you look different relaxed and she tells that tells them that she's not as worried about demons as much anymore and says have you guys seen Sean around and Piper's like no I haven't but how do you know he's not your stalker and she's like oh don't be ridiculous and Phoebe's like what happened to there's a demon on my ass Prue And she's like, well, um, I set a trap. We are going to catch this demon and instead of vanquishing him like we normally do, we're going to make him talk about the triad. Then Phoebe asks about the trap and Prue pulls out a crystal and says, I cast a spell over a series of Siderite crystals, sort of creating a power grid with the Book of Shadows as bait. And the minute the demon steps into the grid, this glows and he's zapped and Piper's like so whatever it is is electrocuted and she's like well yeah whatever demon and then Phoebe's like mm-hmm, and what about human or feline you're gonna fry kit and she's like well kit can't get in because I locked the attic door and then she says and again or what if it's human and proves like it's not then she spots Sean and goes over to him and Piper says this is not good and Phoebe's like no and if she
0: keeps this up we're gonna have to do a demon intervention so I'm a little, like, mixed on whose side I'm here, because, like, I think there's reasonable things going on both sides. I think that they're right that this is dangerous that Prue set this up if it is a human. But also, I mean, it's making her feel better, right? And her plan is a good plan. If they trap the demon, they can question about the triad, and they can learn more information since Leo's bosses were able to give them so little,
1: Exactly. It's definitely smart. But like you said, if it is a human, then they could be hurting like an innocent or exposing their magic. You know what I mean? Yes,
0: definitely. And to go back to Piper and Phoebe's conversation at the beginning, I will just say, you know, I like their interaction when they're talking about Leo. I think that was all cute. That was all working very sisterly. I didn't like the way that, you know, Piper was being a little judgmental with Phoebe for dating a lot of guys in New York. Yeah. Like, Like, whatever, she's young, let her live her life. Exactly.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I don't know for what reason she's shaming her a little, but, like, leave her alone.
0: Yeah. And, like, Piper's not one to talk. Like, when her and Leo weren't together, she was hooking up with randos, so... (laughs) True. Like, shut up, Piper, you're busy here. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) So then we go over by Sean's table, and we see him sitting down, and Prue walks over and says hey to him. And she starts to tell Abby to get him whatever he wants, and he's like, no thanks, I've had more than my share of free drinks. And Abby leaves, and... Fru tells him that there's a lot going on and she wants, you know, a shot if he's still interested. And he's like, oh, I'm definitely interested. But I just ask that you be honest with me, okay? The one thing I can't handle is games. Drives me crazy. (laughs) And Fru goes, psycho freaky crazy? And he says, what? And she's like, never mind. And then smiles and sits down with
1: him. See, at least she's kind of considering it a little bit here. Yeah. You know, the possibility that it is human kind of came out there for a sec. But aside from that, I I mean, kind of a cute moment. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of I'm definitely feeling her and Sean, but we barely know this guy. And I'm wondering if it's going to last or if it's going to be like every other time we get a one, you know, one episode love interest, you know?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, Sean seems like a cutie, but I'm also pretty sure we're never going to see him again. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm not I'm not going to, you know get that invested in it right now
1: (laughs) until unless we see him again you know yeah so back at the manor cole opens the front door that they still have not locked and (laughs) calls for phoebe and asks if anyone's home and then when he sees that no one is he goes in and he goes over to the thermostat and turns the ac on and then starts opening all of the windows and teleports out then he teleports up to the attic and walks in and sees the book and he looks at it and keeps walking and the crystals glow as he passes it and opens another window and then he frightens Prue's notebook and sees the triad and evil agent and all this kind of connection information and then... As he walks closer to the book, the crystals electrocute him, and he flashes back and forth between his human and demonic self, and then passes out on the floor. Yes.
0: Oh my god, could
1: could it be the episode where they find out about Cole? I know, is he about to be caught? I'm freaking out right now, poor Phoebe, if she finds out, I
0: don't know what's gonna happen. I know, But I also love the way he's setting up Troxa here, but then, like, can't resist, like, going for the book again.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, it's very uh, realistic, I'd say.
0: Yeah. So then we're back at P3, and Prue's sitting with Sean, and the crystal starts glowing, and he's like, what the hell is that? And she's like, it worked, and just runs off. And, like, Sean's obviously very confused by this. But Prue just goes over to Piper and Phoebe and tells them that they need to go. They caught their demon.
1: Love how excited she gets, even though
0: she did just Sean again. It was kind of funny. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So they get to the manor and the sisters walk in and Prue's like, all right, we don't really know what kind of demon this is. So we need to go in attacking. Piper, you freeze him and I will tie him up. And Piper's like, speaking of freezing, it's freezing in here. And Phoebe says, that's because every window in the house is open. What kind of demon would do that? And they start heading up the stairs, and Prue asks if everyone has their sneakers on. (laughs) Kind of love that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this is a cute scene, you know, just kind of setting up. So then we get to the attic, and Cole is passed out on the floor, and Phoebe runs up to him. And Prue's like, no, it could be dangerous. And she's like, for God's sakes, Prue, he looks really hurt. She's like, Phoebe, it's a trap for demons. You do the math. But Phoebe goes over to him and like kneels by his side. And Prue asks, what are you doing here? He says, I came to see how you were doing. The front door was unlocked. And when I saw the windows were open, Phoebe says, you thought that someone broke into the house again. And he gets up and asks what happened, then asks what the crystals are. And Prue says, it's a trap
1: so very sus right now pru obviously does not trust him for shit in this moment
0: no hyper probably somewhere in between but (laughs) and phoebe's all like no my boyfriend is not a demon come on i mean to be fair
1: they did have their concerns about these crystals attacking humans as well so they don't know whether or not these crystals um will only work on demons or you know if if it can work on humans too they don't know a lot of information on why Cole was in the attic or anything i mean he came up with his story really quick like so i feel like that was pretty valid but yeah i can kind of see both sides of the spectrum here
0: yeah and i definitely you know like He's passed out on the floor, right? He looks like a person. It's not like he looks demonic. But again, we've seen demons and warlocks who look like people before, too. So it's not that shocking.
1: Exactly. But I mean, why don't they do that finger prick thing on him? Like they did with uh, Jack and Dan. Yeah, there was never a test. There was never a test. They should do a little test and find out. Should, I wonder if right. he would still I wonder if he still would bleed, you know Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So now in the stairway, Cole is walking down with the sisters and Phoebe is apologizing and saying Prue just panicked. she wasn't thinking straight and she's like the hell I wasn't. And Cole's like do you know that your trap is the equivalent of having a loaded shotgun with a tripwire behind your front door that's illegal. I'm an ADA, an officer of the court. I could have you arrested. And Piper notices that the AC is on and Cole leaves and he's still mad, but Phoebe follows him. And out by the front porch, Phoebe's like, Cole, I'm so sorry. It's just, we've all been under so much pressure lately. And he says, I'm just glad it wasn't you who did this to me. And they look at each other and he leaves. And then Phoebe finds a box with a bow by the door and walks back in with it.
0: So this little part where he's like, I'm just glad it wasn't you who did this to me. I'm like. That's manipulation. Like, fuck I you. Know.
1: And I'm like, but why am I attracted to it? I'm like, fuck.
0: Yeah. I have bad
1: taste. Yeah, you've got issues, but I love it too. Can't even lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I don't know the little bits of like the tiny bits of toxicity in their relationship. Like, I, I still like love them. Me too. I still think it's kind of adorable. And also, like, him yelling at Prue, I don't really like, um, calm down, but also she did almost kill him, so reasonable, but I just don't like when men yell at women, so.
1: Really? Is it bad that that was the part I was kind of attracted (laughs) to? Not him yelling at her, but, like, just, like, the intensity of his voice and the way he was, like, you know- Yeah, he is kind of sexy when angry. Fighting for his morals. Like, he's just just got that sexy angry thing going on.
0: Yeah. I don't know. When he was yelling at, like, Emilio in episode one, I was like, yes. But when he was yelling at Prue, I was like, calm the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. Like, relax.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just because I love Prue and I didn't give a fuck about Emilio.
1: Yeah. But now Prue's obviously suspicious and gonna be on the lookout for Cole now.
0: Yes, and I feel like Prue is kind of good at putting things together. Like, she already made the connection that, like, the demon who was in the attic is probably the same demon who went back in time, which she's correct about that. And now she's thinking Cole might be a demon, and she's correct about that.
1: Exactly. She doesn't know it yet, but she is
0: right. Yes. So then we're in, like, the foyer, and... Phoebe puts the box from outside down on the table, and she's like, to prove how could you, how far are you going to let this obsession go? You didn't nearly catch a demon. You nearly killed a district attorney, my district attorney. And she's like, how do you know we didn't catch a demon? I mean, think about it, Phoebe. He is always around when something's going on. She's like, you're right. He's a plant trying to get close to me so he can kill us. Now, is everyone a demon, Prue? You are crazy right now. And then Piper interrupts and says that the package is from Sean. And she opens it, and we see that it's, like, dead flowers and worms. And she, like, goes outside to throw it away. And Phoebe's like, there's your demon, Prue. I'm going to call Morris. And she leaves, and Piper comes back in. And Prue's like, Piper, that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, I cannot believe I hurt that guy that badly. And Piper says, Daryl says, said it takes only a small thing to set them off. Maybe Phoebe's right. Maybe you're just not seeing the reality. She says, Piper, my instincts are almost always right. I have to trust them. And she says, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but Prue, there are other evils in the world. And some of them are even humans. And then she leaves.
1: So Piper seems to be kind of neutral here. Kind of not sure either way, but I guess now it's... um official that it's shot yeah I mean if it had his name on the tag of the flowers that had the worms in it super disgusting and weird but like I guess he's trying to get himself caught a little bit suspicious so I don't know yeah
0: I'm kind of like questioning it because I'm like if you're trying to be like an incognito stalker why would you sign your name exactly
1: doesn't really make any sense but um i think the fighting here between crew and phoebe was played very well you know it made sense to me both sides of the argument and definitely entertaining to watch and also it felt like a very uh sisterly argument i think for sure yeah like it worked
0: and it's really hard because like i understand where phoebe is coming from but we know that Prue's right
1: yeah exactly
0: and, you know, Phoebe kind of dismissing what the truth is as ridiculous is, like, so hard to watch because it's clear that, like, Phoebe's clouded by her feelings here. Exactly. But, like, if in her situation, I can't imagine myself not thinking the same things. You, you don't want to believe that the person you like is out to get you.
1: Yeah, no, I would be in just as much denial, probably, in this moment.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So... I don't know it's definitely understandable but you're right since we know the truth it is kind of hard to watch and see her be super confused and in denial about this yeah so now outside the manor on the street Cole is standing there and Troxa walks up and he's like I warned you about the czar and Cole says hold it I came to apologize and he's like for what and he's like for pissing you off for one thing I don't want to always be looking over my shoulder waiting for you to strike for the rest of eternity. You want the Charmed Ones, they're all yours. Troxa says, I don't trust you. And he's like, fine, don't. Just don't blame your failure on me to the triad. And he walks away, turning invisible. And, um, Paul says, oh, by the way, the key to getting them is in the Book of Shadows. It's up in the attic. And then he goes to get in his car, while kind of smirky, all happy that he's Kind of about to get him caught.
0: Yes, I love the little setup here. I like how he plays into the fact that obviously, like this demon isn't gonna trust him, but is also gonna use this advice and obviously get him trapped.
1: Yeah, and he play he's good at the manipulation too. That little ego thing, like he knew to point that out. Like, like all right, fine, you don't have to trust me, but when you fail, don't blame it on me to the triad. Like he knows that's gonna get him. Like all right, fuck you, I'm doing it. You know what I mean exactly so
0: Cole knows what he's doing I'll I'll give him that yeah right there's a reason I mean he's surviving and thriving exactly so then we're inside the manor and Piper and Phoebe both have on sweatshirts and they're going around closing windows and Phoebe's super pissed off she's like it's one thing to be obsessed but it's another to hurt innocent people and Piper says okay but she's trying to look out for us there is a triad demon on the loose. She's like, I understand that, Piper, but it is not Cole. And Leo orbs in then with like this giant Hershey kiss. And Piper's like, "Oh, honey, that is sweet. But not tonight. We all have headaches. And Phoebe says, but feel free to help us close some windows. And she leaves the room. Not too much to say here. I mean, I
1: understand Phoebe being, you know, very angry right now and kind of like, I kind of love it. It's, like, so realistic, the, like, argument, the sisterly argument, and then, like, shitting on it to the other siblings, like, afterwards, like, it feels so
0: legit, you know? Yeah, um, no, this is exactly what I do. Like, when I get in a fight with, like, you or Amanda or whoever, the first thing I do is I'm like to Ashley, I'm like, can you believe what Mia did? You know what I mean? I know, literally, like, immediately I'll go to my siblings. like, especially with Josh and Caitlin, you
1: don't even know. Josh will piss <laughs> me off, I'll be like, Caitlin, this motherfucker, like, I will- <laughs> flip out um but I I do the same thing and it just feels very realistic you know like as as people who have a lot of siblings like we
0: we can totally relate to this you know aside and I love the way that like one thing that's very true about Piper's personality is like she does play that middle role so well like with Prue she was very much defending Phoebe and now with Phoebe she's very much defending Prue exactly like she's
1: that's what I'm saying like she she's such a middle child and so good at it and like trying so hard to um stand the middle ground and see both sides of things and kind of keep the peace among them I love it like it's it's so accurate you know yes and her defending both of them I think it's pretty cute
0: yeah, and speaking of cute, you know, Leo coming in with a giant Hershey kiss. Oh, adore! that was adorable. <laughs> He's like,
1: oh, okay, when she's like, no. <laughs> that was pretty cute. Leo, you did better. You did better. Yeah, this is much better than before. Exactly. So now in the entryway, Troxa walks in and past the three of them, obviously invisible, and then... In the attic, we see Prue closing the window and she hears something. So she walks slowly and steps on glass and then looks in the mirror there and sees, like, kind of his figure of, like, Trox's figure in the reflection of the mirror. And she throws him against the wall and he becomes visible again. And then he jumps across the room and tackles her and she kicks him, like, over her head into the trap and he starts getting zapped. And then downstairs, the sisters hear him yelling and, you know, go to run upstairs.
0: So good fight scene. Um, I enjoyed this. I liked seeing kind of like the special effects and everything were working well for me here. Mm-hmm. And Prue's reaction time is really good. And I like that she kind of set that up. And now the sisters are about to see the truth about, you know, this demon, right?
1: Yeah, she's very on top of it. And we're about to find out the truth about who is attacking them right now yes
0: so then we resume that attic scene and we see that fru moves one of the crystals and the electricity stops and she says i want you to tell me everything you know about the triad who they are what their plans are answer me and that's when the other two sisters and leo walk in and troxa says you'll get nothing from me which So she puts the crystal back in place and it starts zapping him again and then eventually she lets him go and he says I am Troxa but I'm not the only agent the triad has sent after you. There is another his name is Balthazar and then he like bursts into flames and gets vanquished and Prue asks what happened and Leo says it was the triad. Phoebe's like wait so they know where we live now? And Piper's like no they know where he is or was. All that matters is he's gone. Phoebe says to Prue that she was right. She's like, I owe you a big apology. And Piper says, I'm sorry, I doubted you, but I was worried. And Prue's like, it's all right. Let's just, um, let's look him up. And they go over to the book and Piper finds the page and says, Troxa, an invisible demon whose weakness is that his ectoplasmic biochemistry is sensitive to cold, may become partially visible. And Prue says, wait a second. So if someone hadn't turned on the AC, opened up all the windows, and made it freezing in here, I never would have seen him. And she asks Leo if he did it, and he says, I don't know anything about it at all. And Phoebe says, does that mean we have another guardian angel? He says, well, I hope so. From what I've heard about Belthazor, we're going to need it. We're going to need all the help we can get. He's a demonic soldier of fortune. He's one of the most evil, vile creatures there is. And Prue flips to the page about him in the book, and then Phoebe's like, he's the one who tried to take the Book of Shadows. And they kind of decide that they're safe for now. Piper wants to go to bed. Leo's going to go see what else he can find out about Balthazar. And she kisses him on the cheek, and then he orbs out. And Phoebe asks Prue if she's going to bed, and she says, no, I'm way too wired. And also, my photo assignment is due tomorrow. And she's holding up Prue's notebook and sees that Prue had put Cole's name as the demonic a- evil agent. And Prue's like, oh, I had to fill in something and crosses it out. And Phoebe says, do you think maybe tomorrow you could call Cole and apologize to him? And she says she will. And then Phoebe leaves. So a lot going on here.
1: I guess we caught our demon and now they think that that was the only one, the only thing that. Was after everybody, you know. Yeah. Also, he was like very quick to give up, you know. <laughs> like
0: I was You'll thinking nothing the same from me.
1: Two seconds later. All right. So actually, like here's I'm everything trucks, you need to know. Uh,
0: Belthazor's also here. Like that's yeah. everything.
1: <laughs> Try and send us both. Like blah blah blah. it's all the information. It's like that um, that TikTok sound where it was like it's actually um. The videos in the basement were like whatever. You never heard that one? Oh, when it's like um Tom broke into the house. Yes, yes, Tom broke <laughs> into the house. His, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: That's what it was. That it's like exactly what this felt like to me. <laughs> that was super funny. Yes. But see, now we're getting a lot of uh information about Balthazar since they finally found him in the book which like we mentioned earlier I don't know why they didn't check before
0: but also uh, I love how Leo knows fucking nothing about the triad but knows everything about Balthazar like is that your favorite demon I know
1: seriously like what you love him or something
0: (laughs) he's like well if Piper and me can't get it in maybe Balthazar's dead yeah I know maybe he's interested (laughs)
1: love me some red skin (laughs) oh god
0: but also you know the apologies to prue are appreciated though like are they forgetting about the whole flower thing because i don't think troxa did that
1: yeah i know it still adds up as like somebody else was involved because why would troxa have sent those flowers and it had sean's name yeah like Like, how would he know about sean yeah i know it doesn't make any sense but whatever I guess. And not you know, so like her
0: it. asking Cole, like uh Phoebe asking Prue to apologize to Cole, I guess. Yeah, I guess I can get that. Like, I
1: I know she's obviously concerned and feels like they kind of got their valid answer of like, you know, he's not after them or whatever. Cause they're also probably thinking that if Cole was the demon that the triad sent after them, then he would look like that. Like, I don't know if they're aware yet that he has a, you know, human-looking side. Yeah. So, to them, they probably think Balthazar just looks like Balthazar, you know? Yeah. And this guy is admitting that there's only two demons after them from the triad, so, I don't know, maybe they kind of, she feels like, okay, so it couldn't be cool, you know?
0: Yeah, maybe that's kind of ruled it out for her. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, but obviously you could tell Prue, by the way she, like, kind of looked at it and was, like, a little... little bit like uh sure about apologizing she's still a little uh suspicious of him
0: yeah definitely
1: so now in the basement like prue's dark room area she is dipping her photos and starts setting a timer and she develops one and sees that it's not a photo she took it's like a stalker shot of her and then she looks at the others and they all are the same way And then someone in glasses comes up behind her and dunks her head into the developing liquid and her vision gets super
0: blurry and the person hits her. So one thing I'm wondering in this scene is like, can you tell who it is? Because like, obviously, I've seen the episode before. I knew who it was, but I can't tell if you like as a first time viewer, I would have recognized her in this scene or not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It may have like taken me a minute to do that. I feel like it wouldn't be the first thing that came to my mind. But I'd love to know what all the first time viewers think. Because again, I can't really say because I've seen the episode. Yeah,
0: because I watched it twice. And I was kind of like, it's a very quick motion scene. So I'm not sure if we're supposed to recognize Abby here or if we're not supposed to realize it's her until the next scene.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I have couldn't tell you because I'm kind of in the same boat, you know?
0: yeah so then we're in the kitchen and it's the next morning and phoebe and piper are there and piper asks if she can drop phoebe off but like phoebe's super distracted and she says there are still so many loose ends i mean the broken mirrors the ac the open windows the dead flowers the stuff that's missing and piper's like are you obsessing now it's over we were wrong She says, I know, but those aren't demonic things. They're things a stalker might do, like what Morris said. And she says, well, you told him about Sean. He'll figure it out. And she says that she wants to take a look at their copy of the grudge lists again. And Piper says that it's at the club and that they should go. And then Phoebe asks where Prue is, or I'm sorry, Piper asks where Prue is. And Phoebe says that her bed is made and her car is gone. And Piper's like, well, maybe she went to the magazine. And Phoebe isn't sure about that and decides to call her. Then we cut down to the basement where Prue's phone is ringing. And we see that she's tied up. And this woman answers her phone. And Phoebe's like, it's me. I'm just checking in. Where are you? And she says, I'm in my car. But the line is cutting out. And she hangs up. And then we see like very clearly on the camera that it's Abby, the bartender. Then we cut back up to the kitchen where Phoebe says that Prue sounds fine, and the two of them grab their things and start to leave.
1: So I feel like that was very obviously not her voice, but, um, I mean. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of never taking it, it as, since, like, we heard, like, the static, maybe, like, it was breaking up, so, like, Phoebe couldn't really tell.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And also, I mean, it's hard to tell over the phone. Voices can sound different, you know?
0: Yeah especially since i'm pretty sure she only said hi and then phoebe was like it's me whatever and then like when she was saying i'm in my car it was breaking up exactly and she kind of knew how to say things that
1: they might say to each other you know like yeah like like all right honey gotta go like kind of thing you know and under i understand their suspicion phoebe kind of being like you know some of this isn't adding up to me but piper being like well you know, the information about Sean, Daryl's gonna figure it out. Like, I'm sure everything's fine. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely still be a little concerned too. So her deciding to call her makes sense to me. It adds up, but you know, she, uh, she kind of played it off there. Yeah. So now we are in the basement again and Abby hears them leave upstairs and wakes up Prue. And her eyes are all red from the chemicals and her vision is still super blurry. And she's like, it's just you and me now, Pru. Your sisters are gone. And Pru's like, what do you want? And she's like, isn't it obvious? And takes off her shirt and starts putting on Pru's shirt that she wore in Be Careful What You Witch For. And she's like, I want to be you. She's like, what? No witty comeback? No confident? I'm the queen of the world, retort? And Pru's like, Abby? And Abby yells, no, you're wrong. Abby's gone forever. She's a loser and you're a winner. And now I'm going to be a winner too, as soon as I take care of you. And she puts on a bat, like a really bad black wig to look more like Prue. And she's like, did you like the dead roses I sent you? Did you even know I was the one who broke into your house? I have to be you. I love wearing your clothes, your things. And Prue is trying to get her hands untied. And she's like, it makes me want to be you even more. Beautiful, successful, loved by men. And Prue says, I have just as much trouble with men as anyone. And she's like, what, you mean Sean? Oh, please, he's not good enough for us. I can do better without you around. And she picks up a gun and starts walking closer. And then Prue is using her power to untie the rope from her hands. And Abby's like, Now, I just have one last question. Last night, when I was here, while I was running away from you, how the hell did you throw me through that door? And she's like, like this, and Prue squints her eyes and sends her flying back into a shelf. And she unties her hands the rest of the way and throws more stuff onto her, and she starts walking up the stairs, but is very blurry, so she's still kind
0: of disoriented. So, Abby has some serious mental health issues yeah that need to be dealt with <laughs> um I don't want to diagnose her because I don't know what these are the sides of but I know it's not good yeah no she is
1: completely delusional clearly um she did a good job at hiding it for a while I think but yeah no she came in hot this episode
0: yes Also, I just want to comment on this because, like, the girl who plays Abby is pretty. She Um, is. And there's a way that, like, 90s shows like to take, like, attractive women and just, like, put their hair up and put them in glasses and try to convince us that now they're ugly.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, that doesn't make them ugly. I think, honestly, I think glasses are cute, too. I do, too. Like, she is an attractive girl.
0: But they're it's like, yeah, if you're a beautiful woman, your hair has to be down and you have to wear no glasses. <laughs> That's yeah, that was like a be. big
1: thing going on.
0: But yeah, no, I mean, Abby's behavior here, obviously outrageous. through, I think, is making some good moves. I'm really scared for her because we don't know what Abby's going to do. I mean, she has a gun. She's obviously, obviously crazy unhinged. right now. Like, I don't know what's going to happen
1: i know i am wondering the same thing
0: also so, how does she think she's gonna her. replace prue like is everyone else just gonna accept that she's the new prue a little confusing what her like i
1: was. said obviously completely delusional yeah. <laughs> um
0: but okay so then we go to p3 and piper and phoebe are walking in and the phone is ringing piper answers and it's daryl calling And he said that he's been trying to get in touch with Prue and can't get through to her. He says he got a match for the fingerprints, that it's Abby. And Piper's like, what? Why would Abby want to hurt Prue? And Phoebe's like, Abby's hurt Prue? And then they run to the back room by where the employee lockers are. And in Abby's locker, they find this journal. And inside, there's photos of Prue. And they also see that she has the perfume and the cosmetics that Prue uses. And then they start reading the journal and it talks about all the things Prue does and how beautiful she is. And then Phoebe takes the photos from Piper and when she does, she has a premonition of Abby shooting Prue in the kitchen and she tells Piper and they start running out. So
1: now they figured it out and I can only assume that they're going to be there and save Prue.
0: Yes. Also, I'm wondering like what crime... Abby committed previously because that's the only reason her fingerprints would already be in the system right and how
1: did it not match anything before but does now
0: yeah I don't know because it's not like Abby would have volunteered to give her fingerprints to Daryl exactly so I guess it could have been maybe um
1: some sort of fluke or they didn't finish running it and it wasn't finished matching to someone yet so I don't know yeah you but, know. you know, whatever, plot's sake. Exactly, plot sake. So now we are back at the manor and Prue is in the closet hiding and Abby's walking around with the gun looking for her and then she starts to approach the closet and Prue astral projects behind her and she's like, hey, over here. And Abby jumps and screams and shoots at her. Then Prue disappears and she's super confused. And then she appears somewhere else and Abby shoots again. And Abby's like, come out here. And Prue runs out of the closet and tackles her. And she runs towards the door, but Abby catches her before she could walk out. And then she knocks Abby down again and gets to the kitchen. And Abby reloads her gun and follows. Then she points the gun at her in the kitchen while Prue, like, can't really see what's going on. She shoots and then the bullet and Abby freeze just as it's about to get to Prue. Then Phoebe and Piper run over to her and Piper knocks the bullet down and she's like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be great as soon as I fire her. And then Prue sends her flying into a cabinet and Phoebe's like, feel better now? And she's like, yeah, I'm getting there.
0: So I love this scene. I love all the noises like Piper makes when she walks in. She's like, er, Tabby. Yeah, yeah, it's like, so oh, funny. Uh, I
1: know, it cracks me up. <laughs> They do that all the time where they make noises like that. And I think it's so funny.
0: Yeah, I really love it. I also, I mean, this scene really worked for me. I like the pacing. I like the action of it. I think the choreography has only gotten stronger as the seasons have gone on. I mean, we saw some really great stunt work in season two. We're seeing more of it now in season three.
1: Yeah, it's definitely getting much better.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as far as the whole, like, fight ending, this all works for me, it seems... Totally fine. I have nothing really here. Um, I like that Prue needed that one last little like get her anger out by throwing Abby again moment.
1: Yeah, I would've I mean I would have done the same thing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like fuck that. Just tried to kill her. Yeah. And now we know that both or all of the sisters were right. It was a
0: demon and a human
1: that was yeah. after them.
0: Exactly. So we get to P3 and we're by the bar. We see the band The Marvelous Three is performing. And I'll just say the song they're singing in this scene, Cold as Hell, I love it. And I totally forgot about this song until I rewatched the episode. And then Friday night, I was just listening to this song on repeat while I was driving. So (laughs) fun little fact, love that song. But anyway, so we see this new bartender is working there now. And she brings a drink over to Phoebe and Prue who both look hot as fuck. I mean, the tops, their hair, I'm just in love with them. And Prue's like, Rachel, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah. She's like, are you happy? She's like, extremely. She's like, boyfriend, any career goals? And Rachel says, I'm engaged. I'm only doing this until I get my master's in education. I'm going to be a teacher. And Prue tells her that's excellent and like gives her some tip money and then leaves. Or uh, Rachel leaves. And Prue says, you know, you can never be too careful with demons or mortals. And Phoebe says, so rumor has it Leo's installing an alarm system in the house? And she says, yeah, I know. And we're going to have to lock the door and do all the other responsible stuff that women should do in the big city. And Phoebe says, I agree. And we're going to have to watch out for Belthazor." And then Prue sees Cole coming down the stairs. She goes, but first, I think you should kind of watch out for him. And Phoebe looks back and she's like, you don't like him, do you? She says, no, I don't really know him. Do you? And Phoebe says, "Um, no, not as well as I'd like to know him. Actually, you know, I think I'm going to go see what I can do about that. And Prue tells her to be careful and Phoebe goes. So I like, you know, Prue's little, like, concern here
1: and finally starting to acknowledge that they should be safe as, you know, three women living alone that are beautiful and you know can be attacked at any time you know you know so from human's perspective and demonic perspective glad they're going to be getting an alarm system and all of that and that she finally realized that maybe she should
0: yes um I like the way they kind of settle all their issues and I like the way that even though it's clear that Prue kind of still has some suspicions about Cole, she is supporting Phoebe. She's saying, you know what? I don't know him that well, so. Right. Be careful, but say, do
1: your thing. She tried to say, like, you know, no, I don't like him, but didn't want to be too rough. So she was like, uh, really know him, you know? Yeah, I, really I loved know that.
0: Him. That, <laughs> that was line cute. was really well delivered. I liked it yeah, a lot. I think so, too. As far as I mean the Rachel stuff, kind of annoying to me that they're like, "Oh, I'm only working here until I like finish school." And it's like people can be bartenders and not be psycho crazy stalkers.
1: Yeah. No, I know, but I think it was kind of funny still just to be a little
0: on Yeah, top like of the that, little you know? like third degree was funny, but Yeah,
1: yeah. But agreed. <laughs> <laughs> now we see uh prue's sitting there and she spots sean sitting in the alcove so she walks over to him and says hi and he's like why do i get the feeling you're a high maintenance kind of gal and she's like oh i don't know maybe because i am and then asks him to dance and he smiles and gets up and they go
0: to the dance floor so i really like this i like that prue owns that she's high maintenance i think society puts a lot of like stigma on like women like knowing what they want and like being big and having big personalities. And I like that proves like, yeah, that's exactly who I am. Yeah. So if you like that, let's hang out. So I really like the ownership there. I do too. I think that
1: that worked really well for me and it goes well with her personality. And uh, I think it's kind of badass, honestly.
0: Yeah. And again, I think they're cute. I mean, I'm sure that we'll never see Sean again after this scene, but yeah. Cute scene. <laughs> So then we go over by Phoebe and Cole, and Phoebe's, like, so still friends. And Cole says, I hope we're more than that. And she's like, do you prove it? And he smiles, and then they kiss. And at first, his, like, eyes are open when they kiss, and it's, like, kind of weird. But then they, like, close, and they start making out, and I'm like, okay, Cole and Phoebe, I'm into it. Getting real into it here. I'm loving it. This is one of my favorite scenes, honestly. Still friends, I hope we're more than that, is one of my favorite moments in the show. I know. And then they had their
1: cute little kiss. That was adorable. Yes. I loved that.
0: And situation. I'm still wondering, like, does he like her or not? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I I can't tell here, you know? It seems like he's getting a little too close for comfort.
0: So, yeah. So-
1: He might be starting to let his guard down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So now we are in the final scene of the episode, which is in Piper's room. And it cuts to Piper and Leo finishing up doing the nasty. And Leo's like, wow, you are amazing when you concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) And she laughs and she's like, and stop worrying about them. Hope you enjoyed the show, she, like, yells to the air, and then they laugh, and they cuddle together.
0: So this scene was kind of, like, the most graphic sex
1: scene we've ever had in the show. I know. They, like, had the whole moaning at the end and everything. I was like, oh, oh, oh,
0: just hopped right into it. Okay. (laughs) Like, I just wasn't expecting it. I didn't remember there being, like, actual sex scenes in the show like that. Me
1: neither.
0: Like, I always feel like we just see them asleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, usually, I mean, I guess we got a little bit, but it was not nearly like this with uh Clay and Phoebe. That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah. But I feel like there was no movement. Like they were just there.
1: Yeah, they were just kind of there on top of each other. Leo and Piper were, totally going at it like, practically a porno here. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm just like, like damn, I didn't know the WB allowed that. I know. I who knew. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, good for them. They figured out how to concentrate. Yeah, that's the that was the
1: moral of the episode. That's why it was the final scene, how to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know how they resolved it. We didn't really get any, like, information on why she all of a sudden felt better and was able yeah, to do that. Yeah, I guess
0: she just, like, didn't give a fuck anymore. She was like... they want to watch they can watch now I'm into voyeurism I changed my mind (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my god um final thoughts on the episode I mean overall really good episode I really enjoyed it I think that the connections and kind of the lessons and the way that all the sisters did end up kind of being right works for me I like
1: that we got more than one bad guy. We got a total of three in this episode, even though Cole was not so focused on, you know, hurting them. He was more focused on stopping Troxa. Yeah, this episode really worked well for me. I like that we had a human bad guy and kind of dealing with that, everybody's own issues and situations. I I thought it was a really good episode.
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm a little disappointed that Piper's only storyline in this episode is having sex with Leo, but, you know, whatever. is what it is, <laughs> I guess. But overall, like I said, um, strong episode. Season three is really good so far. Uh-huh. Coming in hot with these strong episodes. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just excited to see where we go from here. Um What's going to happen next with Phoebe and Cole? What's going to go on with Prue trying to figure out who the triad demon is? Them trying to catch Belthazor? I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. uh, We have a lot to look forward to. I'm super excited. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitchedpodcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for Season 3, Episode 6, Primrose Empath.